You are listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold, episode 15. Dream for you, dream for me, dream for others. And now your host, award-winning life and business coach, Naomi Arnold. Hello, thank you for joining me. In a previous episode, we talked about four different perspectives on power and how it relates to empowerment in human rights and community engagement contexts. We also spoke about how knowing those different perspectives can possibly inform our decisions in other social change contexts too. If you didn't listen to that episode, you might like to go back and find it. It was, I think, episode four and it was called Power and Empowerment. I'll pop a link in the show notes so you can find it easily as well. In this new episode, though, we're going to look at power from a different angle and from the perspective of a different theory. We'll be exploring what Laura S. Brown, who has an excellent book on feminist therapy, calls the four domains of personal power. I'll pop a link to that book in the show notes too. I think it is such a great read for anyone who is in a helping profession, whether you're a therapist or not. I'm also excited to share with you today that my Developing Coach Collective partner, Cameron Aaron, and I have booked an interview with Laura S. Brown to talk further about feminist therapy and how it could possibly be applied to coaching contexts. So if all goes to plan, we'll have an episode coming out on this soon. Okay, so stay focused, Naomi. What were we talking about? Domains of personal power. Now, as the name of the framework implies, a feminist therapy conceptualizes personal power into four domains. So they are one, somatic power, two, intrapersonal and intrapsychic power, three is interpersonal and social contextual power, and four is spiritual and existential power. If you get Laura's book, you will find a great table that breaks those down into the different domains and what they mean. Now, these domains do not operate in isolation. They, of course, interact with one another and are in relationship with one another, which you can read more about and see in the book as well. But in summary, in feminist therapy, power isn't conceptualized as simply having control over people or resources. It instead focuses on identifying the areas where systemic oppression and patriarchies and social forces show up and lead to people experiencing power or powerlessness. We'll go through those four domains in a bit more detail shortly, but you will see that these social forces can show up in each of the domains as we talk through them and how understanding this can offer individuals and helping professionals a lens through which we can become more aware of these and perhaps uh, begin to work through them or help our clients work through them in some way. 
In feminist therapy, the therapist works in co-creation with their client to identify and practice strategies that might invite or encourage or support liberation or empowerment. So for a feminist therapist, in order for liberation or empowerment to occur, one needs to be aware of and also analyze the social structures and systems that are contributing to or are upholding powerlessness or disempowerment. As you might know, I'm a life and business coach with a background in psychology. So this is something that I try to be aware of in my coaching as well. So even though the theory I'm sharing with you stems from feminist therapy, I think if we can use our critical thinking skills and contextual analyses, that we can also apply this to the work of coaches and helping professionals and also in our individual self-work too. So having an understanding of these domains and of how social factors can influence self and our lives can be really useful. Now let's focus on each of the domains of personal power, starting with somatic power or what Laura S. Brown also calls the biological realm. In this realm, we examine personal power in the context of one's connection with their body. Now, in feminist therapy, it is argued that despite what we've been socialized to believe, power in the body does not require the ability to see, hear, walk or talk. A powerful body isn't necessarily strong or physically fit. It's not necessarily free of pain or illness in accordance to this theory. Instead, somatic power or empowerment in the biological realm is related to moving toward a sense of compassion for the body. It's about our spiritual relationship with embodiment. It can also involve examining whether we feel a sense of acceptance about our body shape and size or whether our body feels like a safe enough space to be in and this will obviously be different for different people for some people it might be a journey toward accepting their body as it is whereas for others if the shape size or sex they were assigned at birth makes them feel unsafe for them changing the body might act in service to feeling that sense of safety. In this realm, we might also look at whether we feel connected to bodily desires like food, rest, comfort, sex, whether we have access to the means needed to feed those desires, whether the way we do that aligns with our values, whether they require or don't require harm to ourselves or others. So what it means to feel empowered in the biological realm will be different from person to person, as I mentioned before, but it is ultimately about moving toward a feeling of compassion and advocacy for your embodied experience. The next domain is intrapersonal power. This realm focuses within, so 
knowing and being aware of what one thinks and feels. Holding intrapersonal power means being able to use thoughts and feelings as a useful source of information about what is happening. It means an ability to focus on current feelings and recognize how they're different to past feelings or potential future feelings or experiences. It also means being able to feel intense or powerful emotions and channel or regulate those in effective ways, you know, self-soothing as necessary and in ways that don't harm yourself or others. It might also mean being able to critically examine your thoughts and the thoughts of others, feeling comfortable in changing your mind as you learn more or as new data becomes available. And it can mean finding ways to access information coming from one's inner knowing or intuition and also being able to search for and find sources of information that might assist or expand your knowing or capacity. So this domain primarily focuses on relationship with self, with inner thoughts and feelings and knowings. The next domain is interpersonal and social contextual power. So this realm focuses on your relationship with others. Experiencing power in this realm means recognizing that you don't control others or the world at large and that there are limits to what you can control and to power as well. People who feel empowered in this realm are capable of forming relationships that work more often than not, and they can create and sustain intimacy with others, but they're also able to differentiate themselves from others and and not lose themselves within others there too. They're discerning about who they relate with and are what some would say are wise or accurate in their assessments of people in this sense too. They can forgive people and themselves for their humanity, but they also don't forget and they work to protect themselves from those who make them feel emotionally or physically unsafe. When they're in relationships with people who are problematic or toxic or dangerous, they're able to decide to end those relationships and they can work through conflict when that is needed or when that is safe to do so too. They also tend to more consciously enter relationships. So they tend to enter relationships by choice rather than by accident. But of course, they also welcome opportunities for new encounters and experiences too. So this domain primarily focuses on relationships and dynamics with others. The final domain is spiritual and existential power. So in this realm, powerful people have systems or beliefs or capacities for meaning making that enable them to feel a sense of well-being and comfort and they can draw upon those, especially during really challenging times. 
They are socially aware and can integrate social contexts and their impact. They have a sense of culture and heritage and can integrate this with their identities and their understandings of self in a way that feels aligned to who they are. Even though they have a sense of reality, they can also access their capacity for fantasy and for creativity as well. So they are the four domains of personal power, according to Laura S. Brown and Feminist Therapy. Now, they might be interesting in themselves and you might have resonated with parts and you might have felt tension with other parts. I know that when I was reading and learning about these four domains that I felt like a whole mixture of emotions and a range of questions emerging. But I think the part that gets really interesting about feminist therapy, which I don't think I'll be able to teach or talk about in one short podcast episode is that it then interrogates those domains through the lens of what causes disempowerment. So how does patriarchy and oppression and socialization and the isms impact each of those domains and individuals' experiences within them. So in feminist therapy, it is assumed that oppressive systems and structures intentionally and unintentionally disempower almost all people in one or more of those domains that we were just talking about. So in this sense, the domains of personal power are aspirational. They're something that many of us aspire for, but due to reality may not be able to fully realize. However, feminist therapists would likely be quick to point out as well that part of the patriarchal system is to make us feel a sense of powerlessness. So to remain in this trance or this state of believing that things can't be transformed. So even though they acknowledge that personal power is aspirational when it comes to being achieved across all of those domains, feminist therapy also aims to acknowledge that self-awareness combined with social awareness can transform our experiences. And this is where the domains of personal power can assist us in analyzing those different areas where we experience powerlessness, what we've been taught to believe about those areas through socialization and systemic oppression, and what we might be able to do to begin to transform some of those areas. I will direct quote Laura S. Brown here now as they summarize this really well. Okay, so feminist therapy subverts and interrupts the trance of powerlessness by inviting its participants to notice where and how greater power and a more liberatory way of relating to their social realities and their struggles is actually available to them. This is where we can then examine through a new lens what 
small powerful action or reframing or tweak or healthy thought we can make to move toward feeling more empowered. There is so much more that we could talk about here. I feel like we're just scratching the surface, which is why I really recommend that you get Laura S. Brown's book, Feminist Therapy, if you're interested in learning more and unpacking the now what or the what if or the yeah but in in some of what I've mentioned here about feminist therapy. And also, of course, stay tuned as Cam and I will be featuring Laura in a future episode if all goes to plan. So we will be asking questions there as well that you might find interesting about how we can apply feminist therapy to or feminist theory to or both to our lives and work. And finally, if you are a coach and you are interested in learning about feminist coaching theory, so how you can apply a feminist theory and social awareness lens to your coaching skills and to your practice with your clients, as well as to your business, we will be running classes with expert guest teachers on this very topic as part of Developing Coach Collective. Cam and I believe that this is one of the areas Areas that is missing from many coach training programs. We often don't get taught how becoming more socially aware and more cognizant of feminist theory can be applied to our coaching methods and to more fully assisting our clients. So we are really excited about this training and are really passionate about it because we feel it can make us much better better uh, and more masterful coaches and that it can also help us better serve our clients as well. Developing Coach Collective will also be covering other areas that we know coaches would love assistance with as well. So it won't just be covering feminist coach theory. We'll also be focusing time every month on things like actually implementing together some client attraction work and activities. We will be working together to make sure that we're focusing on working on our business, not just in our business. We know a lot of coaches end up getting stuck work, spending so much time with clients where they don't then have time to work on their business and on scaling their business. And also we will be offering other support mechanisms. So things like mentorship, and group coaching and supervision from Cameron and I. So if you're a coach, we would love if you'd check out developingcoachcollective.com to learn more about this program. You'll see that we have some free resources over there that you might find helpful too. And we can't wait to be talking about feminist coaching theory with coaches throughout that time. So thank you again for tuning in and I hope you found this episode interesting and I look forward to diving in deeper with an expert in the field shortly and to having more conversations around this topic over the coming months and years. Have a great day. Are you finding this content useful? Imagine having Naomi in your corner all year for monthly one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited email support and business resources. Visit NaomiArnold.com forward slash coaching for details.